The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back to On The Rag. We're here for the November episode. Um, we've had a lot of On The Rag content this month. You might remember we had to do an emergency episode because the world was on fire <laughs> and <laughs> we needed to talk it out. Um, before we go any further, a huge thank you to Bond Tampons, our beloved sponsors who who deliver you 100% organic, cotton, beautiful, pure, natural NZ uh, so <laughs> and, and, a, and a packaging that won't make you feel like a weird like three-year-old child inside a Barbie castle <laughs> and more just like a grown-ass woman doing something really normal. Yeah, you um, have to put up with those just floppy bits of coloured cardboard that just accumulate in the bottom of your handbag. Yeah, or like the little um, kind of plastic bags that have like crazy cushion looking prints on them and you're like, <laughs> they're like styled for you and you're like nope uh-uh. I've never had anything that looks like this in my life yeah. um yeah this is on the rag I'm Alex Casey and I've joined by my mates my good old mates Leonie Hayden editor of Money Magazine Ivy Park wearer yeah. and crown I'm buyer to my CV yeah Kilda. and Michelle Acourt uh Apple eater Apple eater and, and occasional tiara wearer hello exactly. um how are we doing how are we doing? Because yeah, in November, the, the Trump down. episode um, was quite difficult to do. Mm. It was definitely different to what we normally do. And it was quite emotional <laughs> at times. It was. We really it, put everything out there for people to just listen to. It's that damn speech. It's a damn Hillary speech. Yeah. You know? You just, oh, <sighs> God. I feel like I've been crying a lot, yeah. but it's fine, right? I've been fighting a lot. I've been quite feisty ever since, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah, so yeah it's awoken. Yeah. It's awoken something. And we yeah. promise we won't say the we're not going to say the T word yeah. in no, this uh, episode or or anymore. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. okay. So no, the T right. word that rhymes with dump is banned forever from and grump the on the rag vocabulary. At home we call a really good poet fump. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that it's an appropriate? Is it because it's automatic? Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh my yeah. god, that is so visceral. I'm really uncomfortable with that. Okay, wow. sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of into it. It's so much better than the T the T version as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, 
We're good. We're good. I feel better. I feel better after yeah. a few weeks have passed. I do worry that I've like distanced myself and just kind of forgotten about the tea, the tea word, you know, mm. when it, it, it is kind of looming down it's upon certainly us. certainly just weaving itself into the fabric of our lives now. And I think there's, I th- I've been comforted in a way by the fact that uh, tea's progress to the White House is so full of... Uh, fighting and disharmony and angsting and, uh, you know, clusterfuckiness, if I can use that, mm-hmm. uh, that I feel like I i don't have to hold that part of the world together using the power of my mind because <laughs> they are just going to go, well, they're not going to implode. I mean, it will happen, but it's like, I, okay, I'm allowed to look away for a little bit and focus on some other things instead. Mm, mm. And that's something we've been talking about as well, kind of in terms of where we want to take the podcast and I've just been thinking about this personally as like just shifting a little bit and focusing on well there's a whole lot of bad bullshit happening where's the good stuff you know like let's look at the amazing women who have done all these amazing things are working on amazing campaigns let's sign some bloody petitions yeah I've been signing I've been going crazy I've been going crazy anything climate change I've signed everything (laughs) I've signed it all and I have to tell you one of the nice things about the change.org things, petitions, is that when, if you put a post up with a link to one of their petitions, you get email messages letting you know who has signed from your post. So you feel like you haven't just done something invisible, Mm. but you'll get a whole raft of emails saying, you got bloody blood to sign. And you go, okay. So I helped gather some more signatures. So I I had an effect, which is really nice, that kind of um, feedback. And, and, you know, evidence that it actually works to post something is good. Mm Mm-hmm. On that note, should we talk about uh, the petition to stop abortion being illegal Mm. in this country, which it still is, which I think a lot of people don't fully know about. I feel like I I, I hear that and I didn't really completely understand it. And I remember... The Gloria Steinem, remember the uh, yeah. the in the Readers and Writers Festival, there was a big, a giant, quite heated kind of floor discussion that seemed to have split two people who were screaming, "It's not illegal!" And then, yes, it is. No, it is. Yes, it is. And it definitely is. Technically, it's yeah. under the Crimes Act of 1961. So yeah, there's a petition going around at the moment. I think they're at about seven thousand signatures and need to push it to ten. So if you haven't signed it yet, um. We've put it, well, I posted it on on the rag, but I posted the wrong, like, part of it. Like, I posted the bit that's like, congratulations on signing with no information <laughs> or no nothing on it. I was just so, like, psyched, and I was like, oh, I need to share this. I was just like, God knows what, what I could have shared. But um, I posted the real link in the, in the comments of that. You just get very excited about these things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Did, was this something that you, you two were aware of? It took up a – oh, yeah, I, I did know about it. What we – just for historical reference, mm. Contraception Sterilisation and Abortion Act was passed. I can't remember if it was 72 or 78, but uh, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter which year it is. But the deal has been that there are really restricted grounds for terminating, terminating a pregnancy. Rape is not a ground. It's taken into account, but it's not an automatic ground for it. Um and so basically it's a medical procedure which is it's the only medical procedure which is Ill- illegal until it's declared not illegal by two doctors um and uh it it means that what women have been doing ever since then is suggesting to two medical practitioners that by continuing the pregnancy they will either go mad or they will die 
Mm. So that's what you have to do to yeah. get an abortion is to convince two people that you're either in danger of insanity or um, possibly there's a threat to your life, which is not really what we want. No. No. I mean, the, I would only assume that uh, in practical terms, doctors know that that's just a formality and that they give their patients mm. the benefit of the doubt and the respect that they are due in making this decision. But at the same time, like, wording matters, words matter, and there's nothing wrong with pushing to have, have the law changed just so it is a matter of public record that, hey, you don't have to be insane or unwell to make this decision for yourself. Yeah. There are a whole mm. range of reasons for making this decision. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but what if you're in a town where there's only one doctor? This is and what if you're really in a true. very conservative place or, you know, it's mm. quite it can be quite scary to be like, oh, this is something that's under the Crimes Act. You know, if you're not in a very it's a really, place that talks about abortion the way that, you know. Yeah, really difficult. There are extra barriers for women who live in rural areas and women on low incomes too because the procedure involves seeing two separate medical practitioners and also having some other, you have to have a scan, you have to, you know, there are several trips to clinics that have have to happen and if you live not uh, in a centre that has those things you've got to travel to them which means you have to take time off work for them which means you have to explain why you're taking time off work uh, and yeah and and um, your uh, income level will affect your ability to do those things to take unpaid leave or whatever it is so it's much it's really easy for women in a city with access to liberal doctors to say eh, it's fine the way it's working in this covert way but actually it's not fine for lots of people mm. Mm. Admin is hell. Doctors are hard Forms. enough as it is. Yeah. My God. I reckon, here's my solution to this. I think we should change the law so that at the moment, if you don't want to become a mother, you have to get two doctors to say that that's cool. Mm -hmm. I think we should change it so that if you do want to become a mother, you have to get two doctors to approve that. <laughs> Because cause honestly, you suggest that to people. If you want to be a mother, you've got to get two people that you don't know, who don't know you, who mm. aren't part of your life, who don't understand anything about your world. Yeah. They have to say, yes, you could be a mother. And people would go, but that's against my civil rights. I have a right to have children whenever I want to. Well, so you should have the right to not have children whenever you want to. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. Let's put on change.org. Um, so, yeah, do sign that petition. Just kind of on that. No, I keep kind of – I've had a few conversations with women post-T word. <laughs> Amazing how we're going to end up talking about them the whole time. Eh? <laughs> um, but it does feel like there's like a before and after yeah. like state yeah. of the world who have kind of started thinking about the way they do their own feminism and kind of redirecting it to a more like activist yeah. way. Like immediately yeah. like start, oh, okay, so let's start looking at legislation. Let's start doing these concrete things. And that's not saying that having conversations and looking at more like abstract ideas like representation and all that kind of stuff doesn't matter as well. But it's like the full on, let's just get names on papers. Let's like actually figure out the structures that exist here. And I feel like that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I kind of want to go and like outcome. have a riot or yeah. like a little bit or just something. <laughs> I don't know. So on that note, if there is anything that we should like know about and should be campaigning about that you're involved in, if you're listening and are running some kind of campaign or there's an issue you feel really passionate about, um, do let us know. We've had some people sharing stuff on the page, which is very mm. exciting because it yeah, all just our helps. Facebook page got real active all of a sudden. It's it really did. cool. Yeah. Um, and hashtag OTR pod on Twitter and just on the rag. 
on Facebook. Should we talk about the woman who left a message on our page about what happened to her at work? Yes. Yeah, so this is another um, – let me just find it. I copied and pasted it somewhere. So this was a woman who experienced some kind of harassment. Um, yeah, she commented on our Facebook page and said, I had a co-worker tell me he could grope me in the hall with everyone watching and not get fired. We had just been laughing about something and caught me totally off guard. Um, and what do you do when that happens? So you can extract from that that she, because she was caught off guard, she said nothing at the time, which is how most mm, of us yep. replied, respond to these like microaggressions yeah. because you're quite taken aback and you don't think of anything to say later. And you're in the middle of a laugh. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, it, it's easy enough for us to not know any other context and say, well, you go to your employer and you say, I have a complaint delay. Mm. That would be... I reckon first a course of action. It's a course. I, the first thing I want to say is that there is no statute of limitations on douchebaggery, and if somebody says that kind of thing or anything like that to you, and you are caught in the moment going <laughs> in a very Anne way, um, <laughs> you can go away and come back. 10 minutes later or an hour later or a day later or a week later and deal with it. You're allowed to do that. You don't have to have the mm. perfect thing to say at mm. the time or the perfect perfect punch to throw. You're allowed to come back to it later and go, first, see, in an ideal world, what I'm suggesting is that the first thing you would do is grab a buddy and go back to him and say, here's what you said and this is why it's unacceptable. Mm. With with a buddy for a backup. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I feel I used to work somewhere and we had a like seedy boss, like kind of a David Brent type, who would say things in just that right kind of, you know, there's just that zone mm -hmm. where you don't realize really what they've said until like an hour later and you're like, what was that? Like about yes. the way you look or your body or yeah. just stuff like that. And it was a, uh, essentially an all-female workplace, and we just never had any idea what to do. We didn't have any go-betweens, you know, there was no, <laughs> there was nothing. So we always just stewed on it and all um, eventually ended up leaving as God, fast this as is we what could. union reps used to be so grateful back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. My mum's been talking a lot about unions recently. Mm. Like, mm. I feel like there should be a resurgence of it or something. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like everything's going back to, like, the racked-up days, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I feel like bringing someone with you does sound like a a good idea. Mm. I'm always a fan of a passive aggressive mm. email, but I know that's not the great the no, greatest. Direction <laughs> is good, and having that like support person is like essential. Absolutely. But there are workplace there are guidelines around workplace harassment that you can look up and that you can act on. And if you feel safe enough, you can approach an employer and um, lay a formal complaint. I mean, it's hard to know how, um, what the repercussions would be for this for this listener, um, were they to do that. So it's kind of hard to advise on that. But doing nothing, if that will make you feel worse over time, that might not mm. be an option. Yeah, is probably an important action to consider. Yeah, and I just and saying again, I just don't feel like you miss the moment that you can always yeah. go back. Yeah. 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 And it also might help to like 
almost kind of like how we had to <laughs> record that podcast immediately after the bad thing happened record your feelings because it's very easy to let things slide as well mm. over time like mm. if you're like oh I'll just talk I'll just talk to him about it in a week you won't care in a week maybe you might have just let it go and it's kind of important I think to capture the rage and the anger even if you're not going to talk about it immediately to just remember <laughs> yeah because I feel point. like yeah women are very used to letting things slide yeah. and just smiling and or seething quietly I mean along those same lines Doing what we did and actually finding some people that you think are sympathetic, that you also work with, or even just friends and actually just talking about it, like talking it yeah. out with other people. And if you choose to do that with, say, other women that you work with, you might find that maybe they've had similar experiences with the same person. And, like, you know, yeah. these are these are quite valid things to do as well because, as we all know, um, all sorts of victims of, of abuse and sexual abuse go through lives th- go through their lives thinking that they're the only one that something's happened to and they're mm. only empowered to say something when they find out that in fact they're not the only one. And yeah, so talking to other people you could actually sort of find strength in numbers. Yeah. Strength in numbers is something that has empowered women to do all sorts of things for many years. Totally. Mm. Also, why don't we make um, one of our goals to um, have a SWAT team of women who go into workplaces? You just call them, like, the, you know, they're called the dick busters. Yeah. And you call them when shit like this happens and they turn up in their overalls um, with, their, with their lasers set to stun and, uh, and just come in and, and take the guy into a corner and say, this is what we heard you did and it's mm. not on. And Issue him a notice. Yeah. And these, these guns are currently set to stun, but <laughs> next time we come back, we can't just say. write him out a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Pelt them with Bond tampons. You That'd know, be just, so great. Just for five minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is how it feels, you know. <laughs> the dick busters. Yeah. Dickbusters. I think we should do that. Yeah. I hope that helps, dear listener. If you have any other like problems like that, you know, it's always good to, to talk about it. We can try. We can try our <laughs> <We> best. Can, <laughs> but try. You know. I'm going to go and apply for funding for the Dick Busters. I don't know who I apply to. I'm going to try. Um, yeah, I believe it's Paul Fag um, or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. What should we talk about next? There's a, there's quite a few grim things. I just, I've just noticed that scrolling through our, our lineup. We had White Ribbon Week. Um, mm-hmm. when was that last week? The week last before. Week. It's a whole month, but it kicked off last right. week. Is right. it? Okay. Yeah, yes. November is White Ribbon Month. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's kind of different responses mm. to to this, which I find interesting quite interesting. Thing, yeah. Yeah. So, what well, a tweet that stuck out to me from um, Di White on Twitter. She said, "Please keep your white ribbons and just give me meaningful policy and legislative change, backed by funding for women's services and noble politicians." Which is completely valid. Yeah. And I guess it kind of calls into question these kinds of awareness campaigns and mm. stuff and do they really work or what's the kind of end game? I yeah. don't know. What do you reckon? Symbolism versus activism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the goals for White Ribbon is for men to be leading the conversation. Yeah, um, exactly. The conversations that need to be had. And so they have all of these really great um, White Ribbon ambassadors, all really upstanding men. And... I feel like it would be more effective if all of those men were more visible during that month just talking about it because that's where everything falls down is Mm. like men need to talk to each other about these issues in order to better support each other, not to 
perpetuate cycles of violence. So they need role models of men talking, not just doing an interview, but actually talking to each other yeah. about it. They, I, I think there should have been more visible, um, like, talks and discussions on radio and television and stuff mm. of these men, these ambassadors, they've put their hands up to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Of actually having those conversa- those really difficult conversations. Because if you look through a lot of the profiles on the White Ribbon website, um, a lot of these men come from violent homes, from violent backgrounds, have um, sort of reformed themselves, may have, you know. Um, so they, they need to be actually being those yeah. ambassadors. I mean, and also, obviously, at a policy level, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I read a lot of criticism in Australia to White Ribbon that it's uh, congratulating men for doing what men should do, which is, you know, not hit people. Just very Valid. basic, yeah. And, uh, yeah, elevating men to, yeah, for being decent, which is great. But, uh, but my, yeah, my, my final bottom line, I guess, with White Ribbon, and I thought about it a bit because they asked me to be in the video this year and I said yes to it. And I explained that this is a for me this is a campaign where men have to do the heavy lifting mm. and I'll I'll turn up. But I want men to run this. Men need to talk to men about this. Yeah. What you just said. Yeah. Really. So I, I guess what I didn't see was quite enough um talk, uh discussion. Um um yeah, well, maybe I missed it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but we shouldn't all have missed it, right? Like, yeah, mm. I, I did see there was, you know, some talks and stuff at the library, which all looked really great. And I looked at the event page and it was like women attending, you know, like mm. mostly women. It was yeah. being shared on like Auckland kind of feminist women's groups and all that, which is great. But we've always done all the fucking yeah, work, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> Did they do the big motorcycle drive white ribbon um, ride? Because they do, that don't they? they do every year. Maybe we're not getting coverage of that. Mm. Yeah. We can talk about the, the guys that lead that are well. amazing, you know. There's yeah, yeah, gang leaders and the, the kinds of people that we need to stand up against this sort of stuff. But again, the symbol, the symbolism of a, a, a bunch of people riding motorbikes isn't the same <laughs> as people talking about it. Mm. And like, it's cool. It's it's cool to to represent, but um, in practical terms, it's not going to help if you just do the same sort of stunt year in year out. Yeah. And nothing changes. Mm. I kind of have a problem with somebody like John Key being a white ribbon ambassador too, with because of ponytails and soap and showers. It, it, I mean, if I was running it, and I'm not, and I'm not going to, but um, I, I think you might want to vet people. I, every every time his face turns up on something like that, I go, you know what? I don't think you give a shit and I don't think you've thought this through and I don't think you are really standing here with your heart wide open. Whereas you look at some of the men in the video and their hearts are wide open for it Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it comes from deep in their souls. Yeah, you can't help but there is just the element of just like collecting brownie points and just being visible. Because for some people who have a profile and – is it just as easy as putting the ribbon on your mm. jacket and just doing yeah. everything else as normal and, you know, just kind of getting away with it? I know, I think it's interesting. Um, but then it's also like, is any, you know, any activism is good, right, ultimately? Yeah. I don't know. And men need to be spoken to in their own voices. So, yeah. So that works for me. But the, the best things that I've read are um, things like, I really like that column by Narelle Henson, who I don't know, uh, who talk, wrote an opinion piece about white ribbon 
saying that what we need, as well as saying this is not okay, we need to fill our eyes up with mm. what is okay, what a good relationship looks like, what what equal relationships where there's trust and hope and excitement for the future and, you know, you mm. know every time mm. your partner walks through the door what kind of human being they are as opposed yeah. to who is he today. Um, so, and I thought that was a really nice think piece. Yeah, there was also a... Um I'm trying to remember her name, the Australian politician. Emma Hussar. That's the one who kind of revealed, you know, much like happened here in New Zealand with the members of the Green Party and whatnot who revealed, you know, um, a history of sexual abuse. She basically spoke openly, broke down about living with domestic violence for 29 years, and that is obviously incredibly powerful with that platform and what that can do. Um, Yeah, I just hope that it doing something well here's a thing that's really positive is that a number of companies now are giving paid leave to staff so that they can deal with domestic violence so because you know it takes time you have to go and and visit the police or you you know there's a whole bunch of stuff there's more forms to fill in Mm. yeah so um countdown has just announced that they're going to provide paid leave for any staff dealing with um, domestic violence. Oh, that's great. And there's also the Warehouse and ANZ and the University of Auckland who have mm. um, a family violence policy and, uh, and and provide leave for people who are in that situation. And it's an initiative by the Human Rights Commission. So big ups to them. Yeah. Big ups to them. Not so many big ups to something that happened in Morocco on their state television channel. Did you see this? Someone posted oh this God. on our page. Yeah. Whew. So this is the state broadcaster, Channel 2M. They basically did kind of a makeup demonstration about how to cover it's, up bruises and even, carry on with life. I can't even. I don't even. Well, that's why I thought when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> was this one of those like the kind of ad guy thought they were, it would be like a powerful message that was executed badly, but it doesn't seem no, like it. No, I think it's just it's a, genuine, right? an infomercial gone crazy. Yeah. Um, and that was two days before the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. How bad must it be there that that's prevalent enough a problem that they would need makeup tips? That's terrible. Yeah. What a revelation. But, like, I guess it's a hell of a spotlight to shine on that country if they really do are mm. uh, having a, a terrible time in terms of those kinds of in numbers of women. Um, now that the whole world is going, holy shit, I can't believe you put that on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just, yes. uh, where, where was the thinking before, you know, when you have that idea and you obviously you in a to go through a lot of people, who, yeah. yeah. People going, yes, let's do that. Yeah, helpful. Yeah. That'll be helpful yes. to people. And now we'll get a makeup artist and a photographer and we'll go through the photos and we we'll, can show you yeah. so steps. Colour correct the bruises all over oh. your face. Oh, my God. Could, yeah, could it have been a room of men? Perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> um... Let's have a little segment to... Segment, segment, segment. segment. Woo. Oh, yeah, I wanted to bring in a segment. Oh. Christmas cheer. Yay. <laughs> it's the 1st of December today. Um, I thought... Bah humbug. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love, I love Christmas. <laughs> the Grinch is here. Um, what can we do? I thought, because you two are both very active in the aunties community and the Christmas drive and all the donations and stuff there, I wondered if maybe we could just have a moment to just talk about things that people can do in the lead up to Christmas to help For out other people, people in need. Yeah. yeah. So aunties is um, uh, doing a Christmas party uh, and I can't say 
need to think about where or when, but uh, <laughs> obviously, but there'll be about 70 kids there. Uh, so we're doing a drive for gifts um, and you can find out about uh, that. And, we, and it's really specific, which I really, which I love because mm. so, you, you know, you can pick, I want to buy a gift for a three-year-old girl. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you'll get her name, and you get the gift, and you get it off to the auntie. So information about that is either on our website, which is aunties.co.nz. Don't do the aunties because they do kids' birthday parties too, but that's a different thing. Um, so <laughs> it's still around? Yeah, I think. Well, they've still got a website because I keep but accidentally auntie. typing them up. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, the Give a Little page, which is giveitalittle.co.nz forward slash cause forward slash cup of fire forward slash donations so yeah easy to get through to that and yeah. we can share all that on on the rag facebook page yeah. as well and encourage everyone to get involved there was something i saw quite a few people doing had announcing today on twitter and facebook was kind of a reverse advent calendar putting oh yeah um like some tin food or some non-perishables or clothing or whatever into a big nice christmas box once a day and then donating on christmas eve um mm. to a food bank or it's really great you know, city mission yeah just little things like that you yeah. know yeah, City Mission, good, good. And lots of supermarkets have uh, um, collection points for yeah. local um, f- uh, food banks as well, yeah. which is great. Mm. I mean, one piece of advice that has stuck with me when it comes to City Mission staff, actually given, to, uh, I mentioned again today actually by Jackie from the aunties, which is um, food donations are great, but money is actually yeah. better. Yeah, and it right. Is, it's it's great if you can um, you know give as much as you can. A lot of people have stuff in their pantries that they don't need anymore, and that's awesome. Give that stuff that will go to a family and that stuff that they can they can that use. But money is actually better for the stuff that people just never ever 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 donate. Yeah, like fresh underwear and tampons and tamp- mm. and tampons and all that sort of stuff. So um, if you can, if you are a person that has access to amounts of money that you can share. Do that as well as getting rid of cans that you wouldn't think twice about getting rid of. Like, they will go to use. They'll be very useful. But also, money's great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be big bits of money. Exactly. We sometimes forget about the little part of give a little for any of those causes. That It can be five bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because then 10 people give $5 and it's $50. <laughs> Do you know how that works? It's, cra- it's crazy. <sighs> Where do you get that calculator I, from? I, I, it's, it's how my brain works. Beautiful mind over here. Know, it's the apple. It's the apple. You can also donate to Wikipedia. Just something we only was sharing on Facebook today. I did. I, I had just never occurred to me that it's shit that people don't pay for such an amazing service. I know everyone mm. makes fun of Wikipedia <laughs> because it's full of ridiculousness and you can edit people's pages to say that they went to, like, <laughs> the school of poo-poo or whatever. Thump. Um, but <laughs> actually, actual people work at Wikipedia yeah. and maintain Wikipedia and... It is essentially the sum of all human knowledge. Mm. So if you've ever used Wikipedia to like write an essay or look up hilarious cat facts, then give them a dollar or two mm. and then feel good about yourself that you're supporting human the, the, re- the record of all human knowledge. Yeah. Can you also, do you guys do this? I haven't done it yet, but you make a donation to something on behalf of somebody else and on Christmas Day you give them a card that says, <laughs> I haven't you, done that you bought a goat yet. or you made a donation to this charity. I've done uh, the thing where you buy like a tree for somebody somewhere. 
Uh, that I'm just assuming is not an actual tree, but more just like money to a tree. It's the idea thing. of a tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've given you the concept of a tree yeah. for Christmas. I used to Sometimes think that was the it. most shit present yeah. you can ever give mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. But like the more interested in activism I've become, yeah. like the more tempted I am to give that to kind of stuff year. to my family. Mm, yeah. My, the look on my nephew's faces <laughs> if I said I gave someone else a present in your mm. name would be amazing. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Tears on Christmas Day. I'm thinking about doing it. It's a charitable Grinch in a way. <laughs> I got you a goat. Oh, I mean, I got someone else a goat. You'll never see yeah. it. I see it? No. <laughs> You'll Your never photo? Meet it. No. Oh my God. It's already been eaten. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's talk about a queen. A queen named Aradna. Mm-hmm. Aradna. Who stopped the music awards in their tracks. Yeah. By delivering an incredible speech, an incredible moment statement about, I guess, the state of race in the music industry and in New Zealand and everywhere. And yeah, yeah. Leone, you wrote very well on it the next day. It was great, Leone. Taking into account that also the media coverage, that it was claims. It was very much inverted commas. Mm. Claims claims racism. racism. Like racism is not even a word, you know, like. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, uh, all these headlines use the word racism when it's not actually mentioned in the thing that they're talking about quite often, which really annoys me, like, mm. because I feel like it's used as this just sort of very black and white term, and we all know what that means. That means somebody has stood up and said, I accuse you of hating brown people. And it is, But it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum mm. of uh, attitudes and historical contexts. And so what she actually did was talk about the word urban and what that means to her and how, how it makes her feel. Which is not the same as the Herald claimed, as her hitting out at the organisers and accusing them of racism. That's not the same thing. Mm. She just objected to being lumped in with a bunch of other brown musicians into this one category. And feeling like she had been given an award for something that she doesn't, for for being in a category that she doesn't belong in. And it is complicated because there's all sorts of other factors at play here. I mean, there has to be four musicians to nominate each year in order for a category to exist. So perhaps a solo and R&B category isn't, like, viable. And, you know, there are all these things that were sort of worthy of mentioning in the aftermath of, of what had happened. But as ever, they were discussed in just the stupidest terms by people who should know better, who just basically got all up in arms that she called them the music industry racist, you know, and mm. it's like, well, you know, if you stop and think about it, it's it's more complex than that. And she mm. had a point. It's not just black and white, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. And I thought the Recorded New Zealand, Recorded Music New Zealand, who organised the Music Awards, just took it all in really well. They were really great about it. And they were like, well, we're already in talks about this particular category for next year anyway. So they sort of bore no ill will towards her whatsoever. And Damien, who did a podcast up here with us uh, the day after it happened was like I thought it was awesome like he was there and was like I mean aside from the fact that I'm going to have to do a bunch of interviews tomorrow when I'm hungover I think that was a really (laughs) great moment for her and for the music industry so yeah the fact that people reacted so stupidly to it was it was unnecessary it was just like just shut up and listen to her like what she has to say is incredibly valid like terms words need to change they need to evolve um, and there's no point in shouting her down or just coming up with weird defences for for it, just listen and move on with your life. It sort mm. of feels like the, the dial is up to 11 on 
anybody saying that they don't feel that something is fair. It's and and so people aren't having those gentle, quiet conversations because she was so calm yeah, at the awards. Exactly, and that's what's funny about the accusing and like lashing yeah, out and lashing pointing out. the finger, lashing yeah. out. It was clearly a very calm kind of collected. Yeah, <laughs> she had really thought about it, and she it. didn't chuck the trophy on the ground. She <laughs> no. she gave it to the people that she yeah, thought belonged to another group in that category. So, yeah, I th- yeah. It's we're not listening terribly well. Yeah, we're we? not. And people who have the guts to stand up there in a room, mm. just a, a huge arena filled with their industry peers, and say something like that should just be commended. She should just be, that's brave. There's this uh, really interesting thing in acting that um, if you want to pull the focus in a scene that you're with a whole lot of people in one of the ways you can do that is go really low status and speak really quietly. So there's a there's a scene in Alien where they're talking about who's going to go out and confront the beast and and everybody's going, you you should go, or you know, you should go, I'll go. And there's just one person very quietly saying, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh my God. Over and over again. Yeah. I'll do it. Powerful. And it's really powerful. And I felt like that's what Aranda did. Yeah. She just you know, really quietly said, this doesn't feel fair and yeah. mm. I, I'm not into it and this is how it should be. If you listen really closely, you can hear all the drunk people just sort of like yelling and talking throughout the whole thing anyway. I think quite <laughs> a few people in the room didn't even hear her say it. Yeah, yeah. jeez. I also, um, I had to have a look at the comments left on the New Zealand Herald page. Oh, because did you? I just, I don't know why. What, like what, did, you, did you put some protective gear on before you I did, did it? I did. has made so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> goggles. A, a flip book of kittens to just quickly <laughs> yeah. look at to make you feel better. And you just kind of you wear shutter shades so you can only see like some of it, you know, and then you just you never get the full picture because it's just too much. And the amazingly, overwhelmingly the response was that she was ungrateful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was like a crazy thing. Also, I was like, you need to just simmer down about how important this an award is, yeah, really. Like, totally. when you compare it to what she was doing and what that represented, um, people were like, oh, she should just take the trophy. You know, just like these, like, Joe whoever's in, like, Wanganui. I mean, like... people use that as an actual argument about, like, when you get catcalled at. It's like, well, you should be grateful that <laughs> someone thinks you're attractive. Surprise for you. <laughs> hey, guess what? I get to decide what the fuck I feel grateful for. And being lumped into a category I don't want to be in or having some ugly old builder dude like yell at me are things I'm not grateful for. It's yeah. the equivalent of where my mother-in-law to be, well, you know, she wasn't my mother-in-law then, uh, gave me a Christmas gift of some anti-cellulite cream. It's not what I wanted. <laughs> no. I don't want that. It's not. I'm not wow. going to be grateful. Uh, wow, what did you do? Mom. I laughed a lot, and um, <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this. And she had given to um, uh, my sister-in-law a, cal- a, cal- a, a book. What do you call them? With um, ca- a calorie counter and a tape measure. Oh no, no, yeah. no! Yeah, it was a it was what an interesting year. Big, I think there might have been jokes. I'm a member of your family, but I'm so <laughs> confused about what's going on. Oh, here. I was really confused. It was the first time we'd ever had Christmas. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have That's told any huge. of that story. <laughs> Just a huge but name. You cannot get say, that toothpaste back in the tube. No, no, no. It's all out there And when now. people say, you know, you should be grateful for the great gift of the wolf whistle, I just go, ah, oh, <laughs> anti-cellulite cream. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually had a thought. It's talking about wolf whistling. I was, I was yelled at 
very loudly from a van on Ponsonby Road. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, activate all the stuff we talk about all the time. (laughs) And I was like, what's the thing again? Something about, don't talk about women badly. It was too late. They were already two (laughs) kilometres down the road. (laughs) And then I thought, I was like, could you ring the like dangerous driving hotline? Like, can you actually, is there somewhere you can go to to actually report people? It's star 555 for dangerous driving. But I mean, does that come under this? I think it could. I don't know. If they, and if you can't, just make it be. up. He was doing 80Ks down Ponsonby Road. This is a yeah. brilliant this idea. This is what you get. I think you've really got something. Yeah. Because Star 555, I'm sure that's right, isn't it? That's, that's who you yeah, call for so. yeah. driving. Um, if we all started doing this and they started getting, because they have to log all of those calls with the mm. registration, mm. so they, there will be a record. <laughs> and whether they want to take those calls or do anything about it, then there is a public record of how often this happens, which is a really useful thing. Mm, when, yeah. you know, when we say this happens all the time, people go, oh, no, it doesn't. Well, it does. And so let's start using Star 555. Yeah, I love yes, it. Yes, I, I love it. I think you crack something yeah. really special. Because they have to listen. Five, five. Yeah. They have to listen. And eventually, I don't know what... The office looks like at the dangerous driving place, <laughs> but I imagine it would just be like the papers will start piling up, yeah. you know, for all these different offenders. Well, it's like how all those people were um, calling Mike Pence's office to just let him know how their periods were going. Yeah, exactly. He's so interested in women's reproductive rights. Yeah, yeah. And how everyone was donating to those all those um, rainbow youth organisations in Brian Tamaki's name. And, yeah, you know, you have to put down an email address. So you put down an email. At, Info at Destiny's Church, so they were getting inundated with like emails saying thank you for your donation. Yeah, mm. I mean this is just like use bureaucracy. Yes, yeah, for good. I think it's great. You remember we talked about Nottingham, where they have started to keep a register the local police of harassment against women. Oh yeah, uh, mm. yeah. So so that there's a record, so that there are some statistics, so that you can actually argue about this properly with something. I'm I'm going to try All this stuff. Right. Five, start, yes. start a log, and I think Let's also another thing, if you are feel safe enough, taking photos, mm-hmm. take photos of cars and photos of people. My mum is like a big taking photos of people person. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I Good. saw a suspicious thing. I took a photo. My mum has solved like a lot of crimes. It's crazy. Because she great. always take she always has a camera on her. Because she likes to take photos of birds. But she always is like doing photography and like up Mount Albert and stuff at dusk. And she's seen like burglaries and some guy who stole all this copper off someone's house and was like nailing it down under his anyway so it's just not if, if you feel like if you're at a safe distance and you can do it it's pretty easy to take covert photos of people these days but um and if they come kind of chasing database. after you to tell you that you, they're going to take your phone off you because you've got a photo of them you just go it's in the cloud it's too late, <laughs> too late. it's in the cloud <laughs> well um, also if there's any like um TV network executives, I would just like to pitch Kathy Casey Investigator. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. As a TV series. Because I feel like that would be awesome. It could really be called awesome. Pukiko Diaries. <laughs> yeah. Counselor by Night, Investigated, yeah. Private Investigator by, uh, no, Counselor by Day, Private Investigator by yeah. Night. Yeah. Pukiko Pick Me Up, Pukiko yeah. Lock You Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very niche joke for people who follow my mum on Facebook. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm into it. That Star 5-5 thing, let's, let's hold yeah, on to I'm that. Yeah, I'm really thinking that it could work. Everyone yeah. listening, when people beep Do at it. you, yell at you, generally make you feel unsafe when you're there in a vehicle and you are not, yeah. or even if you are in a vehicle as well. 
Yeah. yeah. Star 555, report them for dangerous driving. Yep. Hoorah. I love it. I love it. Can I just so mention great. that Brian Tanaki has made my mother really – she's brought – he has brought her a lot of joy. She, she's not having the easiest time at the moment with my dad being sick and she's not well and all of those things. But um, she's been saying it's become a family thing for her now to say uh, it'll be the gays. That'll be the gays. <laughs> and she says it with heavy with irony. If anything good happens, you know, I go down and I say, it's a beautiful day today. Mum, did you see the gazanias are out in the garden? And she said, yes, I did. That'll be the gays. <laughs> <laughs> She's really oh good God. at reclaiming yes. shit. I love it. That's incredible. Um, yeah, do we need to talk about Brian Tomaki anymore? It's kind <laughs> of a waste of just breath and life and yeah. just makes you want to vomit. We can all agree the man is a parasite. Yeah. He's a, he's a thump. Him. I do have a family way. member who's in the Destiny's Church. It's very worrying to me. I've seen him sharing a lot of Pro Brian, like Uh-oh. support our leader. We believe in you. There are all these people trying to bring you down. An evil kind of propaganda coming from him, and it really breaks my heart. It's um, very hard to understand. Mm. Yeah, it's. it's I, I don't know if it does fit all the criteria for being a cult, but it's close. So, I mean, yeah, even if it's not, I mean, the church itself does seem like a very run of the mill. You show up on Sunday, you sing songs, someone preaches, but it's the underlying, it's the exploitation of the finances. Mm. Like, I feel like it might be a little bit too easy to call it a cult because there really aren't any practices within the church that are particularly weird. It's just that sort of flaunting the church's money in the way that he does, I find very, very hard to understand why those church members are okay with that. Yeah. Especially the poorest ones. But I think it comes down to you are an authority, you are a leader, therefore you you deserve those riches, which is, I think, the thinking behind that as far as the congregation goes. But, um, yeah, that's not actually true. He doesn't deserve that money. Mm. Like good Christians aren't meant to be taking money and, like, buying big cars and going on fancy European holidays with their parishioners' money. That's not how it's meant to work. Yeah. Mm. Even from, like, a crusty old atheist like me, even (laughs) I know that that's not how this relationship is meant to work. Not what Jesus had in mind. It's not what Jesus had in mind. He didn't have money kind of raining down on him. Dude was barefoot all the time, (laughs) wearing rags, giving all of his worldly possessions to the poor. He did go out on fishing boats, but it wasn't like a yacht. Wasn't no, like a it wasn't. Super no. yeah. He never did tweet saying, "Does anyone know where I can get these like weird leather brogues?" <laughs> Which is one of my favorite Brian Tamaki tweet uh, themes. Really, it's just a call out for this pair of shoes that he just loves. It's just Which are probably like eight thousand dollar shoes, and they just don't even look good. Yeah. Anyway, ugh. Ugh. Whatever, donate to Rainbow Youth. Do oh. just, just yes. Don- yeah, continue yeah. to donate to all kinds of charities for <laughs> Rainbow Youth and not Youth. Yeah. Should we Info have some- at destinieschurch.co.nz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Stan Walker. Oh, anyway. No, 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 no. it's just all, it's all just bad. Just shaking my head. Shaking just my no. head. Bloody poor Stan. Cool tips time. Let's change oh, the mood. Cool Let's tips. get it up there. Yes. My cool tips, uh, well, they're only to do with how to get a cat back because my cat left. <laughs> yeah. I moved house and I'm my cat's so escaped. glad it's got a happy ending. Oh, me too. So my cat's back. So I... 
was very panicked. We had just moved house and I have two little cats and they've, they've been indoor cats for the most part. And one of them, his name is Link, he's very good at escaping. He managed to weasel his way out of a very small window <laughs> above above the washing machine. Woke up the next day and went, oh my God, he's gone. And he's properly gone this time. He'd been gone a few times in the past previous days. But um, So I did a giant call out to everyone I knew saying that my cat was gone. And I got so many good pieces of advice. One of them was from you, Leone. Um, and I did all of it, and the cat came back. So I thought, it's quite a niche situation, but if you find yourself in that, stinky shoes. Yeah. Get them all. Get all Sneakers. your shoes. Um, I also put out, like, my dressing gown and stuff that I feel I wear quite a lot um, that's just, like, has a stench to it. <laughs> I mean, in cat terms, it does. Oh, in cat human. terms, your shoes are, like, a super concentrated <laughs> version of you smell. Yeah. But the shoes themselves don't have to be stinky by our standards. They can just be shoes. But if they do, it's fine. <laughs> Even better. You've just been working up to that exact <laughs> moment where you needed the stinky shoes. Um, so I put everything out. Dressing gowns, stinky shoes. Opened up some deluxe tuna. Tuna chunks around the house. Tuna's good. My <laughs> cat great. will come for miles when I open a tin of tuna. Yeah, yeah. it was a really nice smelling morning. Like, yeah. <laughs> just having all my bad <laughs> things around me. And then I just kind of sat and went, oh, I put this litter tray out. And did a whole lot of other things. Then yeah. I just sat silently and the cat came home. So if you're ever in that situation, and also stay calm. Because I was hysterical. Yeah. I was beside myself. Because what happens is they need to do a, a cat survey. They have mm. a need to know where they are yeah. so that they kind of know the size of the new territory that they're in charge of now. Even indoor cats have this instinct. But then what happens is they get lost. Mm. Like they go out to have a look at the boundaries of their new kingdom, but then mm. they actually don't know how to get home again. Yeah. So if you just stink up your house, <laughs> it's like, you know, the cat version of someone like waving from a distance to say, hey, this is where we are. You can come back now. Yeah. yeah. And then they come back when they're ready. Stinks this is so much better advice because it has some scientific basis to it than what I grew up with was <laughs> that when you got a kitten, you rubbed butter on its paws. And it would lick the butter off its paws and it would never leave you. <laughs> what? Which we did with all our cats. Yeah. We rubbed butter on their paws and they licked their paws and they never left. Well, the, I think the concept behind that is a cat won't clean itself until it's comfortable that there are oh, no threats. Okay. That's oh. the only time it will stop paying attention to its surroundings. And if it's perfectly comfortable, then it will clean itself. Yeah. But if it's got, like, build-up, like gooey butter or whatever, it doesn't have any choice but to, like... It can't ignore the instinct that it starts cleaning itself. So it's meant to trick the yeah. cat into thinking that it's now calm safe and, and calm at and at home. Yeah. You are a <gasps> cat whisperer. I'm a fucking crazy cat lady. I love it. I, love I don't it. even have a cat at the moment. Oh. It's unfair. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so it great. worked. Um, yeah. And I hope, you know, if anyone else finds himself in that situation, do all those things. And just try not to cry because yeah, everything's going to be fine. So <laughs> yeah, there's all the cat tips covered, I think, for That's the month. Good. Anyone That's else good. got anything yeah, they've learnt this month? I forgot to write my tip down and it was a really good one. Oh, my head just been sitting here wrecking my brain. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Mm. No, all, all, I, I've got nothing. I, I, um, I, except uh, I have had to give up liquid eyeliner for a minute because I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, so really? I, yeah, so I'm using a brush. To put eyeliner on because otherwise I look like I'm not well and people go, mm, you're not well. Um, so that's what I've got. Because so, uh, we were talking before, we forgot to say it really. There are times when you 
just can't do the things that you do yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like I yeah. have, I have no idea how to put eyeliner on right now. None. I can't. So do you it. just woke up it's one okay. day and it was just yeah, gone. Went, I went to put some on. I think you saw it. I think I might have. It might have been on the tea day. I came in with and I put eyeliner on before I came out and I just went. That's a fucking disaster. Yeah. But I haven't got time to sort that out because once you've screwed your liquid eyeliner, you're, you're screwed, right? You've you're got toast, to, yeah. You've got to go right back to. Ground I had exactly this moment last night. I was just going out to meet up with a bunch of friends at the pub. I was like, I'll do a little bit of makeup. And I went to do like a very subtle liquid line. Yeah. And then before I knew it, it was like my whole eyelid <laughs> with like an Amy Winehouse flick that went up to my hairline. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll oh, just go with it. It'll be great. Your friends will love it. And then I sort of left it there for like a couple of minutes. Caught sight of myself a minute before I was about to leave the house and just went, oh, my God, what are you doing? And scrubbed my entire face off because I looked oh, mad. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And did you take any photos? I did not. Oh. But it made me, because I think I might have mentioned this before, but I actually did a, a month of wearing yes. liquid eyeliner to work mm. because I was absolutely convinced that at the end of that month I'd be a fucking expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I can't, I still, I'm I'm like you, I just, I wake up, I go to put it on and it's like it's the first time I'm like a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah you lose it. I've never no held one of these in my hand I've ever. never held a, like an object in my hand before. No. It's in my eye. <laughs> I it's used like to be that so month good at meant it. nothing. It's weird, and and I can't do I, I gel, and my eyebrows can't do that. I oh. now I, they, I I just look like a crazy lady with crayon on my face. Mm. <laughs> I've so. had something like that recently where I'm like, sure, it's not me. I'm like, something's happened to the product. <laughs> this is not me because <laughs> I have this like. It's kind of. It seems like it would. It, all signs point to terrible, but it's like eyebrow mascara, basically. Yeah. And I bought it because Shannon so uses it. Right. <laughs> is it the Benefits Brow? Uh, no, I have that though as well. Yeah. yeah. But this is the L'Oreal Brow Plumper, which she used to use like six months Blumper. ago. She's moved on now. Blumper eyebrows. But um, it was one of those <laughs> ones. Yeah, yeah. You put it on and you're like, this looks fine. And then you go on the sun, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> it looks like you've gel, like a thick layer of gel. And then, like, you've put, like, patted eyeshadow on it and then gelled it again, and all your eyebrows are just in one kind of shape. I need to see shape. this. I want to see you with eyebrows. I feel it's like not I've never even seen you with, like, it's like not me. non-blonde eyebrows. Yeah. I'll do it one day, but it is hardened, <laughs> and they are severe. Yeah. <laughs> but we I do sh- think products change. I maintain that. Yeah, or well, the world just shifts slightly on its axis, and suddenly what you're doing doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It could be there. It could be, like, the plates. Yeah, 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 it'll be the gays. It'll be the gays. (laughs) Thanks a lot, gays. And those are the cool tips. (laughs) If anyone can, I mean, everyone always says on the internet that doing eyeliner is really easy if you just put some tape there and like do all the powder. I'm sticking sellotape on my face. Have you seen this face? If I stick sellotape, it'll be like scrunched up old fabric in a minute. None Stop of these, it. None of these tips <laughs> take like wrinkly eyelids yeah. into account. And that's no, what no. really like shits me. Yeah. It's just like I have four times the eyelid skin than any of these makeup bloggers. They've just got these smooth like flaps yeah. that they can just draw, like glide yeah. a pencil across. <laughs> they might as well be and painting then, on a canvas. I know, but then I like draw a straight line and it's fucking... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm Craigieville. I'm, I'm working with asphalt over here. I'm with, <laughs> I don't know something vaguely corrugated. <laughs> just even one of those machines that paints the the yeah. lines on the roads. Yeah, yeah. Just two men are like guiding it across your face. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> one with a stop go sign. Yeah. Just a sign. <laughs> Tivers. <laughs> good. All right, good. good. I want to talk to you, Michelle, about how you um, told men to shut up for a little uh, while on your Facebook page. It was so great. It was <laughs> It was so fantastic. And just a fascinating experience. It's, so what happened? Should I just briefly explain what happened? I yeah, mean, there's an yeah, article. But so. So, so before we had the, the tea podcast, I wrote a piece about my fears about having a man whose name starts with T, president <laughs> of the free world. And came in here and we did the podcast and talked about how, you know, we need to talk about our feelings and, and, and what to do with those feelings and practical things that we can do. And then I went home and saw that my Facebook page had just turned into Hillary Clinton is evil. And it wasn't about what I'd written at all. It was just, and it was lots and lots of men. And so there were a few women commenting at the beginning and then they just disappeared. And it was just mm. men going, Hillary's evil. So, um, so I then I read a really lovely post by what's her name? West, Lindy West. Lindy West. Mm. Beautiful piece about her emotional reaction to Hillary not winning, and I couldn't bear the idea that I was going to post that and it would just be filled with Hillary laughs at rapists. And so I put the post up and said, "Men aren't allowed to comment." And then I opened a bottle of wine, sat down. <laughs> and it took the rest of the day. It took, in fact, it took a lot of the next day and it went on for days. Because initially men climbed in and, uh, which blew my mind. If somebody mm. says don't talk on my page, why would you? <laughs> I don't get it. But they did. So I deleted them. And some of them got really angry. because <laughs> you don't have a penis, Michelle. Oh, That's why you don't that, get that. I don't get it. <laughs> And so they got angrier and angrier and I kept hitting delete and then a couple of them um, direct messaged me and, but this was the great bit. Here's the great, the two great things were that um, once I engaged any of those angry people in a conversation, they would go, but, but you're censoring me. No, I'm not. I'm just saying you can't talk right now. Oh, <laughs> Okay, cheers. It was like that <laughs> easy and they went away and, and I contacted I contacted a few, a few of them contacted me. And then there's this gorgeous thread of women telling their stories about how yeah. they felt and crying mm, and so what's happening at school and stuff. Mm. And it really made me think, because I always think in, of social media in terms of how it's uh, a virtual version of reality. And women have always known that we need to go and have a chat with ourselves. Mm. And gay people have always known that they need to go and have a chat amongst themselves. And pretty much every group of humans knows that they need to occasionally go and have a chat with themselves. White male dudes tend not to be aware of that because they've had the whole world yeah. forever. Everything so is their circle, circle and yeah. that they're yeah. not meant to be in that's offensive to them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I found that really fascinating because it changed the quality of the dialogue. Yeah. And and I got some great messages from men saying, yeah, I belong to a men's group and we get together and talk about blah blah you know, and we think it's really important to have those specific gender groups communicating with each other. So it was, for me, a wildly positive experience. I'm still getting shit from people going. Yeah, I bet. Mostly people who don't, who misunderstood, willfully misunderstood what I was doing. Mm, yeah. Or who never read either of the posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got the most amazing piece of mansplaining I have ever seen in my life posted. Somebody else posted my piece and uh, underneath it, I wrote down what he said. Where is it? Um, he said that it was impossible. Well, this is not how Facebook works. 
It is, because it did. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is no such thing as a personal page. There is. I've got one, and yeah. so have you. <laughs> it is impossible to control who comments on your posts. No, that's not the delete no, button. No, it's not. I did control it. This is what I did. Yeah. And so he just so did you copy and paste it and wow. then delete it. <laughs> <laughs> he left it. It was on the the article that I wrote for the spinoff. Oh right, right, yeah. yeah. Wow. Which men are allowed to talk about. By the way, I've welcomed them back into the fold of my page. <laughs> yeah. So that was on your so personal gracious. page, posting that article. Don't have it. But there's no such thing as a oh, personal sorry, no, page. No, 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 yes, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. It was uh, in a response to the spinoff article describing what had happened and what I'd done, and he was saying, "No, you can't do that on Facebook." That's you so can't funny. delete comments. Yeah. You can't have. So it was the most but, glorious uh, piece of mansplaining yeah. I've ever seen. That's really great. I mean, the thing is, it's like, Bez mentioned that I, I know we refer to it as Michelle told men to shut up, but it was what I really appreciated about it. It was actually incredibly kind to everyone, like mm. how you explained it, the ways that you explained, hey, this is this is not a time for you and kindly don't comment. Like, I, I yeah, I feel like. And necessarily, like, the, the spin-off headline was a little bit, like, cheeky and saying, like, Michelle tells men to shut up because I feel like you very much didn't do that. I like, think I, I think might have written quite... that headline myself oh, as, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. as clickbait. I mean, it's funny, yeah. but, yeah. I think you got to lure it, them in. Yeah. I was much you're more right. gentle you're than right. that, and I really appreciated yeah. that, that it wasn't sort of like, a, oh, just shush so we can talk. It was like yeah. a, you explained very well why shouting down other voices mm. can drown out very necessary conversations and maybe it's yeah. time to just step aside and let us have a conversation about something. And yeah. I really wanted them to read the piece by Lindy West. I, yeah. I, so that's why I didn't put that post up on a closed women-only group. I wanted them to read it and then not talk. Yeah. Because when you stop talking, you actually start thinking. And that's why I love the post that you put up for Mana, which said the same thing, which is you're very welcome to come and read stuff, but this is not your place for talking. Yeah. So I ended up being very inspired by what Michelle had written in terms of basically deciding on behalf of your community whose voices you're going to prioritise. And so obviously the Mana Magazine Facebook page is a place for sharing Mana content and stories from around the country um, about Māori success or the social issues facing Māori. But we're very much focused on looking at those issues and solutions to those issues through an Indigenous lens. And so lately, the last two weeks specifically, um, I guess we've been doing well online and posting stuff that people are interested in and that means more readers and that means your stories go a bit further afield. And so that's attracted a bunch of racists. And so I just found myself reading these things and then questioning, like, what does freedom of speech mean? What's my job as a moderator? And then Michelle's piece just made me think, look, this is my community. And we've yeah. very specifically set up Mana as a media outlet and specifically its online assets as a safe place for these perspectives. And actually, I'm just going to delete the people that are just here to explain stuff to us because there's there are so many other places where you can do that. Like, this is not what this community is for and you don't need it in your life. Yeah. Like, you can go and say that stuff to everyone else. But it was specifically a woman had written a short story that we posted about um, three generations of her family and the journey in having the te reo basically beaten out of her grandmother, lost to her father, and then her trying to reclaim it as this third generation. And it was just a story that I knew so many people would be able to connect with that. And then some guy just jumped in talking about how, well, actually, the facts are this. Oh, no. 
always well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, you're not saying anything particularly abusive, and that would usually be the only factor that I would take in when it comes to moderating the comment. He wasn't being racist or abusive, but he was shouting down someone's family history mm. and yeah. and therefore the other people who had commented on it sharing similar stories. Yeah. And so I, after going through his profile, I felt very safe in the fact that he was definitely not Māori and not from a Māori community. He clearly didn't have any links to Te Ao Māori. He just decided to jump in and explain people's families' histories to them. And I was like, you know what? We don't need you. You don't need us and we don't need you. You're not a part of this community. And so I just deleted him and I deleted the two other people that had brought with him who also decided to jump in and defend him and yell at my readers and whatnot. Because then the woman who wrote the story said to me, um, the first thing she said when I was like, oh, having all this great feedback and I sent her a couple of messages that we'd been sent personally about people really touched. And then the first thing she mentioned was like the assholes that were disparaging Mm. her. And I was like, this is not what you should be taking away. But you're new to this. Obviously you're only going to focus on the negative stuff. And maybe those of us who are a little bit more thick skinned are used to those, but Mm. they've just ruined her day. But it stops her feeling great about writing more stuff. And it means that anybody who's reading it, who, and wants to put their, experience of it, their genuine personal experience of it and they get frightened off. So it changes the discussion. And a lot of people have been saying to me, you're just encouraging that, you know, you want your own echo chamber, your own feedback loop. And I keep saying to people, women aren't homogenous. Women don't all think the same. And we're never going to hear how differently women think if you boys don't shut up for a minute (laughs) and let us have a turn. Yes. Oh, I sounded really whingy there. But <laughs> but we we you know, it's it's not I'm not asking only people who agree with me to post. Yeah. I'm mm. I'm asking to fi- I'm trying to find out what women think. Mm. And I can't find out what women think when men are shouting, Hillary's a rapist and murderer. It's not helping. Yeah, yeah there's just no way of measuring how many people would be silenced by one of just one of those comments, yeah. you know. So it's not yeah. just telling them to shut up, it's allowing other people, That's l- lending it. them a hand to speak. Yeah, Because it. it's a very difficult step to take, yeah. I think. And then people are accusers of censorship. I mean, it can be claimed that they're the ones that are doing the censoring. It's like exactly. all you're talking is bleeping out other people's voices and opinions. Exactly, so, yeah. So you're the one doing the censoring. Yeah. So you are. You are. You are. You What am I? Star 5 5. Yeah, I wanted to talk. Um, I did a thing on social media that made me feel really great. I was thinking, you know that book that everyone keeps going on about about like cleaning up your life and like throw the oh, joy yeah. of tidying up or something yeah. like that, where you're supposed uh, to like, yeah, something like that, yeah. and you're supposed to pick up Touch everything and say, does this bring me joy or whatever? And if it right. doesn't, you throw it out. I did that with people I follow on Twitter, and it was <gasps> so good. I unfollowed. You touched that many so people. Many, I know. I cradled, <laughs> cradled their heads in my hand, their little egg heads. No joy. (laughs) I said, who are you? What do you bring to my life? And I did a lot of unfollowing. I realized I was like, why do I follow all these people that I mute? You know, what is the point? I don't want to hurt their feelings that like, so they still think I follow them. Not that anyone even really knows, I don't think, unless you're, you know, the kind of person who monitors. They're all checking now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go have a look. Um, (laughs) And I, I feel like it was just... 
I don't know about you guys, but I often just look at Twitter and go, oh, what am I doing in this horrible place? <laughs> All the time. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, what can I do to stop that feeling? Because it shouldn't have to be like that. And is it because of that? Because I'm following people that I just genuinely only followed because I thought that was what you were supposed to do. You know, yeah, like... Right. Like collecting them all, like Pokemon. Like I've got to have this Collect person, this person, this Twitter. person, and then I'll have all of the views. And I was like, actually, no. Yeah, right. Who yeah. cares? I just want like a funny dog, like trying not to eat a cupcake, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And just like hilarious, cool people. And there was just a few people that I was just, you know, I was just like, why I am I great. wasting my time? And then I did it on Facebook as well. I just highly recommend it. Just yeah, do clean a cleanse. Do a cleanse. You don't always have to let everyone in, you know? Yes. And I think that we make a mistake when we, because all of us are concerned about living in our bubble and not knowing what's going on in the rest of the world and we keep being surprised by election results mm. because we're not talking. But, you know, I don't think you get – you're never going to get a proper picture of what's going on in the world from Twitter and Facebook. And I'm working at the moment quite hard on trying to find some right-wing stroke, conservative stroke, intelligent commentators to read, like people who actually mm. write proper things, mm. not just um, post stupid things from that are probably written in Macedonia. So get my – I want to get my the views outside of my – how I see the world from reputable sources where the spelling's quite good and there's been some fact checking. Yeah. And after that, I like it. I want kitten videos. Exactly. I don't, I don't want, you know how they silence voices? I think they silence our own thought processes. Mm. Mm. If you, if you spend a lot of time being, I felt like I got sucked into a vortex on Facebook over the abortion discussion on my page and and the and the one before it on whether men were allowed to comment or not and how evil am I and it it took a few days and I learned some stuff that was really helpful and useful but it also stopped me getting some proper creative work done yeah because mm. it starts that sort of like raging inferno in your head of you try and mentally answer a whole bunch of comments. Like you you, you start writing the, your replies to things yeah. and you don't actually write them. Yeah. So you just have this horrible shouting match going on in your head that like fills you with rage for like however many hours or days you are consumed by this, yeah. this and internet I, post. I actually did, all those ragey arguments in my head for two or three days, I actually did write. I did. I yeah, took them on. Yeah. I, I fronted every single person who had a go. And God, you're good. I, yeah. Well, I, it's exhausting. Thank you. I'm it not, is, it's exhausting. You deserve some kind of medal. Well, yeah, and I'm not sure I'm going to do it again yeah, soon. But it was a really interesting thing to go, no, I'm not going to let you get away with that. I'm yeah. going to jump in and tell you, no, that wasn't what happened. And no, it wasn't like that. And... And also I ask people questions about, you know, why do you, why, why, why? <laughs> and so, yeah, so, but you couldn't live like that. No. You could not you couldn't do live anything like that. else. No. Ever. No, <laughs> no, that would be it. It was a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and who does do that full-time apart from trolls? Trolls. Yeah. People in Macedonia yeah. creating fake news. <laughs> they make more money than I do. Yeah. God damn it. God damn it, I'm moving to Macedonia. Uh, book club and watch club. Have we got anything to recommend this month? Oh, I do. Yeah. I, based on a recommendation from a uh, hashtag OTR pod listener, Naomi, 
on Twitter. Woo-hoo. Watched all of uh, a UK series called Fleabag. Oh, I've been hearing amazing things oh about Oh, my God, this. it was so amazing. Really? Yeah. Um, it's a series, um, so it's written and starring, written by and starring a woman with a very posh hyphenated name. It's completely <laughs> gone out of my head. <laughs> Phoebe something. Um, and um, basically, so she stars in this um, in this TV show where she's um, this quite sort of outrageous and damaged um, quite promiscuous woman living in London, living her single life in London, um, who's a little bit addicted to men that are terrible for her and bad life decisions involving her and her family and her relationships. Um, but it's it's so great. It's um, very funny, very, very, very funny, mm-hmm. but then it gets very dark, and so the, the lols and the tears come sort of quite close mm-hmm. together in some episodes. Um, yeah, I really can't recommend it enough. Great. She just is one of these people that is uh, validated by men wanting to sleep with her and that ends up being a priority over other relationships in her life. And you guys don't seem the types to have ever been that kind of lady. But there was a very (laughs) short period in my life where I really identify with that, like self-worth is taken from men wanting, like desiring you and that's the only form of self-worth in your life maybe at that time. Um, and you just sort of watch her dissolve her whole life just because she wants men to want her and doesn't even really particularly enjoy the sex that much. Hmm. Really, really raunchy, really um, snappy, quite um, uh, graphic dialogue. She's amazing. Great. It's really funny. I like and, it. Yeah, it's quite disturbing. Fleabag. 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 It's a good name. Donna. Based on, the, um, I think, a stage play that she wrote okay. and starred in as well, like maybe a one-woman show or something like that. Donut. Mm. Awesome. Yes. What about you, Michelle? There you go. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. I told you it's a fancy name. Oh, Thanks, man. Good. We've got Madeline on the decks today, hey, by the way. It's actually a woman's face. Woo! Smells um, good in here. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, have you got anything to recommend? No, no, um, no. I, I've You've been, been so busy. in the vortex of, of the Facebook. On Facebook. And then I would go and cleanse my mind by reading um, a little bit more of Fight Like a Girl. And oh yeah, which I'm, I'm I am enjoying and then not enjoying and then enjoying, but I'm I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to highly recommend. In terms of watch, it's an exhibition. So hey. it's got eyes. Mm. You've got to use your eyes. This is classic. Watch this club. is classic. Watch with your eyes club. Watch with your eyes club. So I went to the opening of the Cindy Sherman exhibition, which is in the Wellington Art Gallery at the moment, and I think goes through till. March or May, it's definitely here for a while because it's huge. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with Cindy Sherman, she's just an incredible photographer who uses herself as the subject in all of her work um, and has been taking portraits since her, like, I think even early, early 20s. And so she's got this new series where she has returned in front of the camera as an older woman. She took about 10 or 15 years out from taking photos of herself and she's come back. And a lot of that is, you know, I don't think she ever actually says announces that her work is feminist and you know it might not necessarily be it depends what you bring to the art obviously but it speaks a lot about the roles that exist for older women a lot of them are her dressed up as kind of actresses and like b-grade you know models and stuff and they're all very there's always something a little bit off in the images Mm. it's always a little yeah there's always something (laughs) a little bit unsettling and it really it's kind of about performance and gender and how you kind of front up to the world. And I just think if, yeah, if you're around Wellington and you can manage to slip in there, it's, you need quite a bit of time. I think Mm -hmm. it's quite a nice kind of 
just got to stand yeah. in front of them. Because it is like that weird thing where you're like, oh my God, is this, I see myself. Or I see someone <laughs> I know. You're always like, you're like, I know that woman. It's all the same woman. So yeah. I think it says something really powerful yeah. about, you know, the roles that we play and how she's we really paint ourselves She's really great to read up. as well, Cindy Sherman. She writes really amazing stuff. Like she's really anti the corporatization of art. Mm and of self-image and stuff. And so she could be really, really, really mean about, <laughs> like, artists currently practising artists. Like, yeah. she calls people wow. out all the time. She did something on her Facebook page call, calling out a bunch of New Zealand artists. Wow. Really? I think Hera Lindsay Bird was on her list. Seriously? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. She called them sellouts. Oh, she's wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. But oh, it's like, good on her for speaking oil. Yeah. <laughs> I want to recommend you now. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's just incredible work. And I also like how she's quite, she's quite cheeky about kind of uh, both high and low art, but high and low culture as well. She yeah. has these quite, again, unsettling, almost grotesque series, but she's dressed head to toe in vintage Chanel and all the photos, but they look real bad and yeah. gaudy and like horrible. And you'd never know in a million years that this was like, you know, a multi, multiple thousands of dollar kind yeah. of vintage dress from the yeah. 20s. So she really kind of just, just makes you think, you I know? I like it. I like it. Makes you think. Makes you think. Um, yeah. Can I segue from there to Hillary Clinton taking a makeup off? Yes, please. Because I, I love the idea that women are allowed to have more than one face and, <laughs> uh, and that yeah. you're allowed to present different faces to the world on different days without it meaning that you've done something to betray the rest of the world. So what happened was that when um, Hillary made her first appearance after the tea, uh, <laughs> well, the election, she um, she didn't have makeup on and she didn't have uh, a lot of hairspray, a lot of product in her hair. And I thought she looked terrific. And there were just a raft of articles um, detailing mm. why there might have been bags under her eyes or why we couldn't see her eyelashes or, or and who usually makes her the <laughs> foundation for her and what it's called. It was just, it was outrageous. This is just a woman who looks like she does when she wakes up in the morning. You know, because yeah. we all get, I mean, you know, I've already confessed that sometimes I can't put makeup on at all, even though when I want to, but <laughs> she's been putting makeup on every day for God knows how long to stand in front of a camera. Mm. Yeah. And and so and now she's not fighting that particular fight. No so yeah, no facts to give. And <laughs> so she turns up with no makeup on and it's like, oh look, she's a warm, cuddly grandma. Mm. What? What are yeah, yeah, that's what the Daily Mail said. What happened to the campaign trail's cuddly granny, Granny Clinton? Oh, God. I, Wait, I'm, so when she wears makeup and glamorous outfits, she's a granny? Yeah, warm yeah. and cuddly. So and what does she mean to be when she's not wearing he having oh, any hair? Like a witch, witch, witch demon banshee. Yes, How dare true. you, human oh, woman. Oh, Put paint on your face, human woman. Yeah. And I, I was at a function the next day and I said to some the, to the group of women there, I did I saw the photo and I thought she looked great and one of the other women said quite sniffly, I thought she looked very tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to her, yes, yes we are. <laughs> God, help me. Is it, is it a crime to look tired? Is it, if you're tired? I actually think it is. is like, it? I think it, yeah, I think it's under the Crimes Act. <laughs> you call Star 555? Yeah. I saw a lady looking tired. Yeah. You have to go to two doctors who tell you if you're, if you're tired enough. It makes me want to, see, now I want the tea to lose 
an election so that he turns up without his hair done. I just oh want to God. know what that looks like. We need to know. I want to know how that works. Yeah. Does it come, is it like out of an ear, from behind an ear and sweep it? I don't know. There's a really that. amazing like 10,000 words thing on I think it might be a secret sentient being that just hovers above his head Do as he walks. It, yeah. It's like crazy. Like it's. It is elaborate. <laughs> it's waves. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, if you give Hillary Clinton shit about changing the way she exactly. looks, what the hell is that? If Hillary looks tired. What the fuck does Donald Trump look like most of the time? No, oh my god, I said it. You have to do some kind of forfeit for that. Oh no! What can I do? <laughs> you have to finish all the I cake. Will, oh no! I'll oh, stop it. No, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got so close. Oh, good. Fucking tea. Um. Should we wrap up with a yes, Queen? It's always good to end. Celebrating women who have done incredible things. We've talked about some of them. I would like to give a huge yes, Queen, to a young woman that I interviewed who I will, I'm still writing about, so keep an eye on the spin-off. Her name is Eva Magali. She has been in the news, like, over the past few months. She's this incredible, I think she might be 17 now, um, teenager in Wellington who is dying of cancer but is using the time that she has left to raise money for creating a youth service for um, uh, survivors of sexual abuse or assault. Um, And so it's incredible. She's like, it's taken me such a long time to put together because I'm just in awe of her constantly. So she has a give a little page where she, all her money is going to, I Mm. think it's help um, the the Auckland Rape Crisis Association and it's uh, Eva's Wish on uh, Give a Little and I think you can look, hashtag Eva's Wish. It's just, yeah, really. we stick that on our page too? Speechless, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll share her stuff and it's just. That's so great. Awe-inspiring, yeah. I mean, and she's only, she's a teenager. It's just. Yeah. Incredible. So I do have a look at that and that's kind of a good place if, again, you're someone who has a little bit of extra money. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's raising some incredible funds and doing incredible things. Yay. Yeah. That's really cool. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. No, no, you go. I've got um, a double yes queen. Um, two women that you actually met when you were in Wellington oh, recently. Yeah. Um, Anna and Angela of um, the Ace Lady Network and uh, Double Denim. Double Denim is their um, advertising agency that they run together, just being amazing girl bosses at everything they do. Um, and then they also run a kind of an online community um, similar to OTR um, called the Ace Lady Network, um, but they also facilitate a lot of um, speakers and stuff for people within that network, speakers who talk about business and managing social media and all of those cool stuff that um, that get your head um, in your chosen field. Um, and they are also have or are about to start their own podcast, the Ace Lady Network podcast. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, yeah, share the love for them because those guys are really cool and um Hopefully, uh, yeah. I mean, the more Ace Lady networks that yeah. exist, yeah. the better. Let's get all the circles connected. Exactly, and connect thing. all the circles. Yeah. And we want to know about all the circles. We want to be in every other circle. Yeah. There's yeah. also an amazing, um, Matt has just informed me, uh, Business is Boring, another spin-off business podcast with the two women from Double Denim cool. talking about all the stuff that they do, and it's very incredible. They're also, I think, in the midst of launching a campaign for equal pay yes, yeah, in New Zealand. heading the equal pay campaign. Right. Fantastic. I should have mentioned that. Paying the no, sisters the same as the misters, I believe, is a tagline. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. It looks like they're doing some incredible things. They're doing, like, a big dance party um, and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, 
Brilliant. They're real awesome. They're real awesome. <laughs> and they're very, like, really amazing anecdotes about, um, say, pitching for jobs and having their male counterparts pitching for similar jobs using similar ideas and being passed over. Like, they're very sort of aware of how mm. things work within the industry they've chosen mm. to operate in um, and are very sort of uncompromising and calling things out, which I think is really cool and Yay. really necessary in every mm. industry. There should be... Should be those people operating everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's great. Yes, mm. queens. Um, mine is general yes, queeniness for uh, just uh, to say thank you to all the people who leap in when when any of us, the people in this room and any any of us in the world, put something out into the world and somebody comes and says yay you for doing that and sometimes people do that on your page or they send you a private message or they do whatever it is in their own way but it makes a difference I I think sometimes all of us feel like we're in this human game of whack-a-mole where you <laughs> stick your head up and somebody punches you in the face for just saying what you think and and so when somebody just sneaks around around the back and goes actually I think that was really cool that you said that yeah. that helps yeah, you stick your head up does. again and take the next punch it really helps. so People will know who they are who have um, saved me from getting killed by the whack a mole of the last <laughs> few weeks. But but it makes a difference. All yeah. those little things that we do for each other make a difference. And so we should keep raising our voices. And even if they have to be little, quiet, sneaky, around the back voices, that's mm. still a voice. Yeah. Mm. I was reminded of um, I will take the ring to Mordor when Frodo says that. <laughs> like that. It's <laughs> just another example of the, the quiet voice being more powerful I'll than the loud it. voice in film. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's all just it. be it's all just be quiet, Frodo. <laughs> Get the job done. Good job done, ladies. All right. Thanks everyone. A thanks, big thank Anne. you again to Bon Tampons. Thanks, bon Tampons. If you're in the market bontampons.co.nz you can get packages delivered to your door you never have to worry about looking at your calendar or watching the moon or however you chart your <laughs> body's movements I've been trying to get into the moon thing because I read a book that says you should do that and like really? figure out wow. the, the, the whatever it is the which waxing and waning works yeah, yeah. and how it how it correlates to your body I love Burn the idea the of it but I can't see, you can't even see the bloody moon most of the time. Anyway. Do they feel lovely in your vagina? I mean, the moon. not the moon, the, moon. the, the tampons. <laughs> but maybe the moon. I don't um, know. Yeah. I mean, no complaints. You Yay. Know? Um, I'd give it a 10 out of 10. lovely folks at Barn particularly impressed by um, our catchphrase that we came up with for them about not shoving that other rubbish up your vagina? <laughs> I think that was Were they, uh, like, it, we're going to put that on the packaging on the now? I, I hope it does, in yeah. full, written out in full. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually see they're, they're starting to arrive in New Worlds as well. There's they're, oh, uh, Queen Street New World, yes. I think they've opened in somewhere in like Monaco or something. So, yeah, it's gone off. Yes. It's Barn. It's gone off, it's gone in, it's gone off. And they're helping us. And it's coming out again. (laughs) (laughs) Great. On that note, um, (laughs) we'll see you one more time this year for a kind of a big wrap. Yes, Queen 2016. Yes, Queen 2016. We're going out with a bang. We're going to buy tiaras and I would suggest that you do as well. Um, Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, Tiaihe Butler here, Podcast Manager at The Spin-Off. 
If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.